0: Hello, thank you for tuning in to Rookie Movie Reviews. My name is Dan.
1: And I'm Jenny.
0: And today we watched Avengers Endgame. Jenny, what did you think of Avengers Endgame?
1: Gotta say, this has to be one of the top 100 movies.
0: Phenomenal. We did just watch this yesterday and the day before we watched Infinity War. Yep. So we were back to back. Back to back. Uh, I'm going to put a briefer version of the disclaimer from Infinity War. Haven't seen every single movie. Things I say might be contradicted by earlier movies. I'm sticking with it. Shame. Just wanted to get that out there. Cool. Um, should we jump right into it? Or anything to... Oh, uh, the housework first. review at gmail.com. And our website, RookieMovieReviews.com. Rip the paper. Do what you gotta do. There we go. So hit us up on those sites or at that address and we will respond. I actually haven't looked in that inbox since its creation. So maybe we have a ton of hate mail.
1: (laughs) I hope we do. Um,
0: The movie Avengers Endgame begins with Clint? Clint Burton? Barton. Barton? Uh, Hawkeye.
1: Hawkeye.
0: Giving an archery lesson to his family. No music, it just cuts right in. It's kind of jarring. There's not even a Marvel intro before this. It's BAM! Hawkeye. Good scene, I think. Um, It really sets a somber tone because as he does this archery lesson You can see his care towards his family, turns around and they're all gone, and he has no idea what's going on because this takes place during the snap. So really effective opening at showing that this is going to be a bit heavier of a movie. The Endgame movie. Uh, Further in that vein of seriousness, immediately after Clint's family disappears and dies, we cut to Tony Stark. Wasting away to death on a spaceship. At the end of Infinity War, he was left on Titan with Nebula. Everybody else evaporated, and he was hoping to fly back, but they just don't have enough fuel. I imagine they, you know, would have. The plan was to teleport back with Doctor Strange or something, um, but he was disintegrated in Infinity War, so here they well, are on the Thanos
1: ship. It's ship, isn't it? Or it's the Guardian ship.
0: I think it was the Guardian ship. I don't recall... They must...
1: I mean, they must have had, like, fuel stops they knew about or something.
0: Yeah. Well, then, I wonder. Maybe Tony's just not familiar with...
1: Nebula doesn't have the ship, maybe? I don't know.
0: That's a good point. What was their return plan? I just assumed that if it all worked out, they would have been brought back with... Strange, but... No, it doesn't hold up under scrutiny. I'm sure there's some reason that we're taking for granted. There's got to be. I liked one moment because this whole scene is Tony being light with Nebula. They're playing paper football. And then he goes to record basically his final goodbye to his wife. And it's a very sad scene, very sad moment. And there's this one intercut with Tony doing the voiceover of his speech where he's offering some MRE to Nebula. She slowly pushes it away. Um, It's like really minor, but it kind of shows like we're really dealing with death here. And Nebula's changed a lot as a character from a psycho murdering machine, which we see later on in the movie, to a compassionate character. And Tony is fleshed out as offering, even though he probably knows Nebula doesn't really need food and he knows he's gonna die like just a super impactful moment packed into this little gesture of offering some food to a character you know touching touching sequence yeah
1: so seems final seems like he's gonna die because he collapses and nebula has to prop him up in the captain's chair and then who shows up but captain marvel
0: yes who was introduced in a in between movie, yep. <laughs> which we did not watch uh, this oh, time, we've yeah. seen it. But we've seen it. Yeah, she shows up and drags him out of space. What do you reckon is the convenience level? Do you think it was a broadcast that they picked up on? Do you think she was just flying through space and found it?
1: I think they were broadcast. I convenience level Marvel.
0: <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Oh, new game to play with Pugsley, throw socks and watch him get surprised by him. <laughs> he has no idea you threw that. No. It just fell in front of him.
1: And he's not that fazed by it. No,
0: oh, he's, he's walking slow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's waiting for strangers to appear.
0: Oh, yes. Um,
1: I wish I didn't tear out this piece of paper because it's so loud.
0: Hey, I got pages. Pages. Oh, uh, one thing that I wanted to point out is when we see see Hawkeye's family die, and then after that is when we get the Marvel title card that uh, goes through all the superhero pictures and stuff, and we hear a totally different song than you would expect. And it kind of struck me how much that stands out as different and weird, the different song and different presentation, because Marvel has such a strong brand identity that by the time they get to the final movie here they can do one slight thing different and it really raises your alarms like something is going on something's abnormal here so that was that seems to be a a cool opportunity very unique to marvel to use and it kind of stands in for why i think this movie is so cool overall not as its own movie but as its position as the cap on this massive endeavor and everything that's built up to it including even the title card. Anywhoozle, we uh, are saved by Marvel and she drags him all the way through space back to Earth and Tony gets a reunion with Captain America, his wife Pepper. Pretty touching sequence at the Avengers base.
1: We find out that it's been 23 days since then was his the snap. And they're taking a census, and it truly seems like he wiped out half of all living creatures. So that's crappy.
0: Thank you for confirming that, because later on when they bring up two days ago it was used, and I'm talking about the timeline of where these energy signatures were. I wrote down 23 days when they said 23, and then they were mentioning two days and all that. I'm like, what the hell? How long was he in space? But it was almost a month.
1: Yeah. I, if Tony Stark is three days away from starving to death.
0: <laughs> he's he's got to keep a very trim figure constantly three days from death. That's that's really ridiculous. Um.
1: So they also talked about where Thanos is going and now that Nebula's back, she... Well, he also has a fight with Captain America, which is pretty important because it shows that everything from Civil War hasn't been resolved and... Tony might not be completely willing to help out the group.
0: Yeah, I, I really like how bitter he is, kind of, and disillusioned. He's hungry. Yeah. He's, he's just hangry. He's hangry. He's having a little tiff with Captain America. But the delivery of this, his lines here about how he was right all along and he blames Captain America specifically for being resistant to what he knew he needed um, and what the Earth needed... I, I thought it was really effective to see this guy, you know, who dedicated his life to life-saving and being a hero, reckoning with complete defeat. Um, and a very, very cool dynamic, especially thrown up against Tony. And like you mentioned, things from Civil War aren't all reconciled. They aren't fine, even though Civil War came out years and years ago. It's, it's uh, pretty quick on the timeline here in the MCU. So, not bad. Um, I also want to point out Mark Ruffalo. He's involved in this argument about what they need to do to go kill Thanos. He is just a goofy dude. Like, even in this scene, he's being super serious. And the way he speaks is so exaggerated. And the way just the sound of his voice is uh
1: i like mark ruffalo me too i like
0: him but his delivery is uh is kind of goofy i I don't know how to explain it but he he feels like he's always about to make a joke or something about his voice it just stands out to me as lacking gravitas so
1: was he in um now you see me yeah
0: yeah he was the spoiler alert bad guy in (laughs) Not the bad guy. He was the dude they were looking for the whole time and Now You See Me. He was the antagonist, but he was like testing Jesse Eisenberg. <sighs> that but was a good movie. It was almost as good as the sequel. <laughs> now You See Me too. What a classic that...
1: Which, what a waste of a title.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Why is that? What would you have called it?
1: No, you don't. Perfect. <laughs>
0: I wish they did, but then they would have not left room open for a sequel, or a trilogy.
1: That's true. Now you see me, now you don't. Oops, never mind. Here I am. I got
0: <laughs> <laughs> Now you see me, now you don't. Now you see me three. <laughs> <laughs> Just, the execs sort are of like, look, I don't... We call it anything else, people aren't going to know it's part of the trilogy. So... (laughs) Yeah, the team gets on the ship. No,
1: no, no. Nebula reveals that he's going to go to the garden.
0: Yes. And they find the energy spike that matches the snap on this planet. She never... I wonder if put on the spot if Nebula knew what the garden would be. Because in the scene, it's kind of just... We saw this energy spike on this planet two days ago. The only one as big as this before was the snap. So... Nebula knowing that it was going to be on the garden, is that even necessary? It's like, he always said the garden. Oh, and then, yeah.
1: oh, here's a huge energy energy yeah. signal. Like Happens to t- be around a lot of plants. Thank you, Nebula.
0: It's a verdant island. A planet.
1: He gets the whole planet to himself. That's messed up.
0: Do you think he killed everybody when he got there? Ooh. Just to be more hypocrite type? I don't
1: know. That's a good question.
0: I wonder if there's any allusion to that. I didn't catch it if there was.
1: How do you know the food was edible there? Maybe he made it edible. He still,
0: yeah, he still had the stones at that point, even though he was all burnt up. But it'd probably be way easier to say, make this spiky fruit, not poisonous. I'm
1: going to snap my fingers to destroy the stones. Also, I can ev- eat everything. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I hadn't messed up that delivery. No,
0: this is still a really good bit. what uh, <laughs> Also, I give me everything. Also, I have good night's sleep every time. <laughs> right at the last second, it's all added on to that initial snap. <laughs> but that's pretty crazy if they say the energy signature matches, and we see after he had the energy signature, like with the snap in Infinity War, his arm was all fucked up. Yeah, so to do wasn't. that immediately after, like the same energy spike, the same level of. Power demand. Like he's all burnt up, but probably had to imagine that his he was just gonna die.
1: Well he does die. Because he does. <laughs> the Avengers show up at this cute little cottage house of a murderer. And they're beating the shit out of him. And they just cut off his hand. Which why didn't they do that before?
0: Yeah, brutal like just what's the what's the word like decapitation for hand? Monocapitation. anyhow that is a good question because they had him in the same position and Doctor Strange certainly could have magicked some sword. Just
1: open a portal at his wrist, slice it through there we go.
0: Yeah it would have been done right then not hesitant to cut it off this time.
1: No sir and then Thor comes in while they're trying to question him and he just goes for the head
0: Yep, good callback. And also, when we saw this in theaters, this shit is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I I was totally stunned that Thanos died. This is all the first, I I double-checked the time, this is within the first half hour, where they, you know, two characters have moments of horrible death. Hawkeye's family dies. Tony Stark accepts death. It's all reunited, Thanos gets decapitated, the main villain that destroyed the entire world just one movie ago was now brutally murdered by Thor, thirty minutes into the movie. That being said, the movie is three hours, Uh, so it is is not, dude's beheaded, jump to five years in the future, Captain America is running a grief circle. And kind of talking with this guy about how, uh, you know, this guy went on a date and they both are still just sobbing over how their life is completely different and how everything's horrible. And, um, I like the scene because it seems like a really good read on what Captain America would become. There's probably not too much universal threat anymore. Everybody's reeling and uh you know if you're not going to be out there swinging a shield around fighting people seems like a good fit for him to be his mentor positivity force that's what he needs to do in the community so i like that characterization of of cap
1: right after this we cut to a van we'd cut to chang ken jong which was exciting. Yes. Yeah. Community is getting some traction in the world. So it's a good show. It's a great show. So we cut to a security guard in some uh storage facility unit and uh a mouse is ruffling around and it accidentally turns on the time machine that Scott Lang, Ant Man, was stuck in and I haven't seen Ant Man or Ant Man and the Wasp, so Me neither we're not true fans. Uh, So he gets popped out of the van and he has to slowly figure out what's happening and he's walking around deserted streets and we see cars on bricks. I think it's a Prius. That doesn't matter. But it's like a nice neighborhood that has obviously been ramshackled. There's garbage everywhere.
0: Mm -hmm. He sees the memorial.
1: Yeah, he sees a memorial too. And he's desperately looking for... Not to find his daughter's name. And he finds his own.
0: Bum, then he, ba, yeah, wah,
1: wah, wah, wah. It's like a Twilight episode. Then he goes home. Sees all that stuff. And he gets to meet his daughter. And she's older now. Yeah. And it's good. That's a good payoff movie. It doesn't even matter if you've seen Ant-Man.
0: Yeah, truly. It was so well communicated. Or at least... I feel like if you're going to be on board for endgame and you haven't been lost by what has gone on up to this point you're down to just be like okay this guy was in some other dimension i guess teleported back has no idea true
1: and then they do a good job of explaining it
0: yeah and just like this movie is so full of various moments of what i would call really good acting when paul rudd and his daughter reunite it's really touching and very believable and very emotional. So, I don't know what um, specifically would be called out as that was well acted, but it would seem legitimate in my eyes. So I'm gonna call it well acted. I'm the reviewer, damn it. Ah, scared
1: our
0: cat. Yeah, my leg was falling asleep, so I had to get
1: him off. Oh, you can put it on the footrest if you
0: want. It was falling asleep because it was up here. Oh. Because.
1: Uh huh. Ah. Okay. Okay. Um. So then we go back to... I don't know where this is supposed to be.
0: This is the Avengers base.
1: Okay, so the compound. Yeah. So Black Widow is leading a meeting with the current Avengers, which are Rhodes, Rocket, Nebula. Um,
0: I didn't write down who was all there. I just wrote down...
1: Captain Marvel was there. Yeah. So not, not the recognizable faces.
0: Captain Marvel... Um, We've seen the movie but I love how they allude to her being preoccupied because she has an entire universe to protect and this is earthly matters pretty much. Um, So having this character who could easily win the whole time, they have a good reason for her to be wrapped up. She's peacekeeping the entire galaxy. So yeah, uh, this Black Widow scene with everybody talking uh, it's cool to see and it also raises questions about the dynamics of the past five years like we know what captain america's up to do you leave black widow has kind of taking on the leadership role pretty cool stuff yeah i like it
1: speaking of captain america he shows up he wasn't part of the debrief but the two of them are there when all of a sudden ant-man starts shouting
0: Oh, um, I forgot from that conversation group with Black Widow. It ends with her asking Rhodes to investigate Hawkeye. Yeah. Because he's off murdering cartels. Like, he apparently there's some horrific scene of absolute violence in some Mexican cartel they talk about. And uh, they all know it's Hawkeye. Who I learned this from my friend who's a comic book nerd. At that point in the movie, he is supposed to be Ronin. Like Hawkeye becomes Ronan in the comics. Um, and he's a, he has no moral code. He kills and all that. He's got the same costume design. And also in Infinity War, when Captain America is in Edinburgh, and he's not wearing the blue and red. Oh, yeah. That is him as Nomad. Ooh. So there's an arc in the comics or. Captain America gets ousted or something, and uh, he is known as Nomad at that time because he's a man with no nation, Uh, so he's excommunicated from the US for whatever reason. Um, Also fun fact, not about this movie, but about Captain America, in the comics there's a fairly recent, so I don't know how recent it is, but if you're getting caught up on Captain America comics from the past five years, cover your ears. He was revealed to be a HYDRA agent, like a legitimate HYDRA agent, the whole time, like his entire run, uh, he had a moment where he double-crossed everyone in the last panels, him saying Hail HYDRA, and it's like, damn, he's a HYDRA agent, which has since been fixed, he's no longer a HYDRA agent, like it was a double brainwash, or it was a something that he gave up or whatever but cool yeah crazy shit goes on in the comics
1: yeah I gotta come up with like weekly stories yeah constantly
0: anyway you were about to talk about uh, Black Widow Ant-Man
1: oh just that Ant-Man comes through and he talks about the quantum realm and how for him the five years was five hours
0: introduce the concept of time travel as in this is gonna be a time travel movie you know
1: but not like Back to the Future, no sir.
0: Yeah, they, they say get. The scene is pretty much them saying, like, get ready, shit's gonna happen. Yeah. Don't pick it. Also cause... sets
1: up Scott as the new goofy character instead of Hulk.
0: Well, Hulk is still incredibly goofy.
1: Yeah, but it's not Mark Ruffalo anymore. It's still Mark Ruffalo, but it, like, looks like a different guy. Yeah. You take it's... Hulk a little bit more seriously.
0: The subtitles called him Smart Hulk, but I always thought like he was Professor Hulk, which is when Banner and Hulk have a shared consciousness. Uh, Smart Hulk just seems like a lamer title. It should be Professor Hulk. That's you can fun.
1: call me Professor Hulk.
0: You can call me Dan. Oh, that's
1: not exciting. Oh, we're
0: doing made-up names I'm <laughs> Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> okay so then we get to meet morgan who is tony stark's darling little daughter so he has a life now with pepper and the kid
0: yeah it's sweet uh he gets intruded upon by captain america ant-man and black widow because they want to do the time travel thing and tony stark is the only guy smart enough to crack the time travel loop or whatever um pretty good scene with the conflict and all because things have cooled down five years have passed and everything but you can tell that tony is still not really in the the avengers anymore he's not really into captain america there's definitely bubbling tension throughout and he tells him in no uncertain terms he's not going to do it um which is i don't know the whole sequence showing tony as a dad and stuff it, it's nice it feels like a good end point for the character even though it's not the end point
1: it's the end game now
0: yes we're in the end game now
1: so after they meet tony and talk about time travel then they meet smart hulk
0: yes they go to a diner <laughs> cracks me up uh how much food they made sure to put in front of the hulk
1: it's a good idea yeah it probably needs a lot of calories.
0: Probably needs, like, an obscene amount.
1: Well, that was, like, at least a dozen scrambled eggs.
0: Yeah, definitely. And he also had burritos and stuff in front of him. Which makes me think, is his... Is this all subsidized? You know, or is he... infant Like, is he fabulously wealthy just by being on the Avengers? Like, is everything paid for? I don't know. Because that could ruin him.
1: <laughs> How much he has to
0: eat. Yeah. if If he wasn't a connected superhero... He would uh, he could go bankrupt he would starve to death he couldn't afford all of it. Any anywho, anywho he's still very goofy he's like this icon. these kids want to take pictures with him. Um, it's a funny scene and they kind of broach on time travel just talking about you know how they could how they could do it and he says, well let's give it a shot um, Before that though, we cut back to Tony being a dad hanging out in his really swanky cabin this cracks me up because you know the stereotype uh, kind of like I guess we could fit this stereotype to a degree of people who live in the city okay and want to get out to like to, to hike around and be in nature and all that and or like my brother who spends a lot of time up north Like, the passions are tied to being in the North, but then we work in the city and, you know, depend on urban comforts and all that. Right. I feel like Tony is this super genius New York playboy would fit this trope of, like, Uh he probably has a bunch of Yetis, a lot of Patagonias, has this super high-tech cabin out in the woods. It's like just connecting with nature, just being out here in the fresh air, but also, you know, I better have 5G. Kind of strikes me as the uh, hipster camper. He's got
1: that hipster beard.
0: I hate his beard. It's uh, it's, it's gross looking.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. So he has a successful model of time travel, but then his daughter shows up, and she wants ice pops, and she loves him 3,000. Yeah. So that's... I think that's a good showcase of what he could do but doesn't want to do because he wants to save his daughter. Because if they go back in time, he probably won't have her.
0: Yeah, that, that seems like the most harrowing thing. Because you go back in time, you might fuck up and, and die or whatever. But also, knowing what you have in the present day, if any of your actions happen to interfere with that, it'd be scary although they do specifically call out oh when you go back in time the time you left becomes your past so it is inevitable basically just marvel saying we're going to do time travel and we don't want to concern ourselves with ripple effects or anything so by saying that your current time becomes your past meaning it's already set in stone that's us covering our ass to say (laughs) there's no way tony's gonna end up with a future where he doesn't have his family there's no way you know peter parker won't become spider-man or whatever um, so that's the time travel idea yeah i do like in the scene where tony invents it and then he's drawn back to earth with his daughter like you pointed out but he still goes over to pepper and says hey i figured it out like I gotta do it, and she knows that he's gotta do it. So, even though he's got a family and everything, he's still this dude who has to help when he can, and he can't say no. And also, he's kind of competitive in that it's like he could have just never bothered looking at it, but we see that he's clearly been up for hours and hours and hours looking specifically at it with the goal of figuring it out. So, you know, for all of his talk, he's still a very competitive, curious heroic guy what happens next is we cut to the Hulk team Mm. just trying it out
1: yes with the van
0: yeah it it was weird the idea of just throwing this guy in there without having a a real idea of what's gonna happen it seemed unbelievably reckless (laughs) but they they went for it it was funny
1: it was funny because they, they send him back and forth and his age keeps changing. Mm-hmm. And it's an absolute win. So they played for comedy. Yeah. They do a good job with that. Uh, Tony shows up once they more or less have it figured out. And he gives Cap the new shield, which is touching. Um, and I like the moment between the Hulk and the Ant-Man When Nebula and Rocket are landing, and they blow away Ant-Man's taco, and Hulk shows up and gives him two of his. Yeah. His food has to be subsidized. You're not giving away two tacos.
0: Yeah, right. You
1: need eight tacos. You need
0: to hoard the tacos. (laughs) Uh, This is... All these people are showing up because they specifically aim to get the whole team together if they're going to be doing this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Get the band back together. Getting
0: the band together. This is also a scene that has become such a meme with the tacos yeah Yeah. the marvel universe is so memed out uh and they pop up a lot but i mean they're still funny for what they are oh yeah it's not like when we watched the star wars prequels watching those would have been really unenjoyable if not for how memed out they were because they're just like not good movies these are at least entertaining movies you know
1: I don't know if you want to invite Star Wars fanboy ire in our Marvel mess-up review.
0: We've had invited stronger ire on different episodes, I feel. We've said some inflammatory stuff. Like about Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. Or Tom Cruise, I think we mentioned Scientology.
1: Also, Tom Hardy's a racist.
0: Yes, that was on an episode. I can't remember if we cut that out or not. We did. Uh, (laughs) but now it's in this one. Um, (laughs) the team, okay, so Amman gets his tacos, and the team goes to get Thor from this seaside town.
1: New Asgard.
0: New Asgard? Yeah. It looked like it was in Maine or something. Could
1: have been.
0: I like the environment is why I call it out. Just that uh, seaside aesthetic of...
1: shanties
0: and waves and big hills and all that. Yeah. It's nice.
1: You could forage for mollusks there.
0: Yeah. Clams.
1: Yeah.
0: Seahorses, (laughs) perhaps. Yeah. Like mammal horses swimming in the sea. sea, That's making them seahorses. This whole sequence was really good.
1: Oh, like sad though.
0: Yeah, really touching, and they play a lot of jokes and stuff like that. But it's all kind of understanding that the viewer knows Thor is contending with some real issues. Particularly once Hulk mentions Thanos, mm-hmm. and we see him go from goofing around, and he's you know fat Thor now. He's drinking beers. He's drunk all the time. And he's joking about it, but as soon as Hulk says, "Like Thanos, you see the expression change, you realize how dire things are for him. The whole sequence is just a good representation of you know the, the struggle he's in at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. Next up, the uh, they... Next up, we see Black Widow go to Glorious Nippon, while well, we see Ronin. In yes. the streets, messing people up. But then, after he kills some people, Black Widow shows up. And she convinces him to help because they can save everybody.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Pugsley is stabbing him. <laughs> He just
0: leapt up from the floor and all claws on all paws <laughs> latched into my leg to get some leverage. Thank you, Pugsley.
1: He just needs the pets.
0: He wants to sniff out what's going on up here. Um. The don't don't do that. Don't give me hope. Good line or bad line?
1: Overplayed line.
0: That's fair. Yeah, it's. I think I said in the last movie review that I felt as though they had a lot of lines and none of them made me roll my eyes. Mm Mhm. This one kind of made me roll my eyes, even though it's pretty legitimate given how. Hopeless this man's whole life is, you know, but with his family disappearing
1: and now he's in glorious Nippon Yes, think of all the ramen you could eat if he was a happier man.
0: That's probably a lot But it was a cool fight and Black Widow gets our pal Hawkeye back on the squad. He's got a really intense Mohawk Yeah, the movie looks kind of silly, but you know It's one of those things that it's probably the character design and they were probably pretty accurate to the character design but mohawks on characters that are written and shown to be badass a mohawk ruins it for me it's like look how badass he is he has a mohawk Like he doesn't care at all about societal standards so anytime a character has a mohawk if they are written to be truly tough the mohawk is very silly to me
1: you know Mohawk is a Native American haircut, right?
0: No. Well, I it's guess... Like a
1: battle haircut.
0: doesn't make sense, but with Mohawks, like Native American people, right? That's a specific tribe, is it not?
1: Well, the thing about me is that I'm white and ignorant, so... The thing about me is that I'm white and ignorant.
0: <laughs> That's it. Me too. Uh, In any case, I stand by my claim. They try and make this dude all badass. Mohawks, they they have a different connotation now in pop culture. That's fair. fair. The gang gets together to talk time travel. gang's
1: back together.
0: boys are back in town, and the women too. Um, They're talking time travel. Hawkeye volunteers to be sent back as the test subject. And they play this for a joke, but it is crazy how no one got really furious. When they're deciding who to go back in time, Ant-Man says, we've only got one round trip each. These are all the pin particles we have. And he puts it in his pocket, and he's like, okay, one less. That's a serious infraction, and it's just, ha-ha, Ant-Man, goof. No one was pissed at all. I feel like everybody should have been pissed. He'd burn through this very rare opportunity.
1: I'm pissed for you and Uh, everyone else. Thank you. Anytime. So Hawkeye offers to be the one. Excuse me. Oh, God. I'm all (laughs) gas. So Hawkeye offers to be the one to go back in time. And they take him back to his house. And he calls for... He can hear his kids. And he runs to the house and calls for his daughter. Because he hasn't seen them in five years. And this is a pretty heart-wrenching scene. IMO. Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah, I agree. And the, We find out
1: that it works. Time travel works.
0: Yeah, he gets sucked back. And then the team goes about discussing where they're going to go to get these stones. Mm-hmm. Because we never explicitly said this, but... They decide that the plan is to go back in time to get stones at various points throughout the MCU, and uh, they, they are going to do it before Thanos can. So, um, theme picks targets for pickup, they've got it all planned out, and then they get in the machine and zip off, off to different times.
1: What I really liked is how they pointed out if you think of the right year, there are three stones in New York.
0: So yeah, that was, was Black Widow, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Just good. I don't. I liked it. So one team's gonna go to New York in two thousand twelve for the Tesseract, the Orb, and the Time Stone, and then another team is gonna get go to. Well, another thing we should talk about is that Thor is talking about the Ether, the Aether, which is in Natalie Portman. And that's another sad moment because he's talking about her.
0: Yeah, Thor is breaking down what this and this power, this stone is. And again, it played for last, and it's flying a very tragic past for this guy. I feel. I wonder if they were writing for this movie, and they're like, "Whoa, Thor really gets screwed." You know, he's probably the most tragic character. And then they wrote around that, or if it was just all. Uh, Happy accident that could have made him depressed no matter what.
1: <laughs> I have no clue. Uh and then they talk about Vormir, and I think that this is bullshit that they don't explain <laughs> what you have to do on Vormir. But it's it's what they have to do. So Team One in New York is Captain America, Ant-Man, Tony Stark, and the Hulk. Team two For Asgard is Thor and Rocket. And then for Vormir, we have Rhodes, Nebula, Hawkeye, and Black Widow.
0: Okay. Yeah. um, Vormir is Hawkeye and Black Widow. They drop off Rhodes and Nebula on Morag, which is the planet from Guardians of the Galaxy. So they all go in, drop off on Morag, and then fuck off to Vormir while Nebula and Rhodes hang out to it ambush Peter Quill, you get the Power Stone. This is one of those instances where it's all happening at the same quote-unquote time haha ha, contemporaneous uh, to each other in the movie different times in the movie's reality Hi. but they cut around all over the place just like in uh, Infinity War when everything started to pick up pace this is when things start to pick up pace the plans are in motion and it's basically like MCU nostalgia trip, uh, for the entire sequence.
1: 41 minutes. Let's just check where
0: we're
1: at. Nice. Do so you re- I'm sorry. Do you want to repeat that? Cause that probably made a glass
0: noise. Oh, uh, just saying how everybody's in the same place or in different places at the same time, which is a testament in my mind to the strength of the movie. The organizational demands of a movie like this have to be so astronomical. And uh, to see it pulled off in such an easy-to-follow way is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which one do you want to talk about here? We got New well, we York we can teams. talk about so- it.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess New York we can talk about first, and then we can talk about Asgard, and then we can talk about Warmer if you want. Sure. Or we can try to talk about it because it kind of bops around too. Yeah,
0: I wrote it down in um, the order that it bops around.
1: Okay, so let's just talk about so not se- sequential to the movie then. Yeah. Okay.
0: As it happens in the movie, cool. Team um, is in New York during the Chitari invasion, and they are pushing for time. You know, they they've got to get to where the the different stones are and then uh, shortly after they land there because we don't see them get their plan in motion just yet uh, but there are some good laughs like when the original hulk freaks out and the smart hulk is just oh embarrassed pretty funny and he's like unenthusiastically throwing stuff around and growling it's really over the top but uh, cracked me up pretty good so Uh, we see Thor In Asgard with Rocket, which this is where they are making the plan to get it from Natalie Portman. And again, Thor is having a really tough time. Rocket is very mean to him.
1: Rocket is so mean. (laughs) Yeah,
0: he, which is funny because in Infinity War, he like connected with him over how much he lost on that spaceship. And now he's basically... He tells them to get over it and buck up because they got a job to do. um, And Thor can't get over it and he runs off. Um, We see after this. I know I'm kind of flying through New York and we're going to circle back to him, But uh, for these moments, that's all that really happens. We're just kind of establishing where these characters are, which is well done. Showing specifically where they are and what they're contending with. Like, the Avengers in New York, their big risk is that other people in New York know who they are and they can't get their cover blown. And then we see that the conflict with Thor and Rocket is that Thor is not emotionally ready for the trip he's on. And then we cut to Rhodes and Nebula and Morag, and Nebula... Reali- like, she's got this computer thing that lets her see the future, essentially, the recordings of the other nebula, because this is when the past nebula and past Gamora are fighting and past Thanos is telling his daughters what to do and it pops out of her eye like a recording that shows Rhodes and they realize, okay, shared consciousness. So setting up these conflicts is really well done and also very necessary. So it rockets all over the place, but it's for a very specific purpose. Cool. Uh, now we go back to New York, if you want to talk about this New York heist.
1: Yeah, we also should talk about how Hulk went to the Sanctum Sanctorum. And it's not Doctor Strange there. It's the, the Guardian before him.
0: Did that happen already? Oh, that's what I wrote down... Hulk tries for time, and I must have been distracted by some of the movie, so when I read that, I thought, oh, Hulk is buying time for the team, but he is trying to get the time stone from... Okay, I confused myself with my stellar notes, but yes. Tries to go to the Sanctum Sanctorum. What are you... Are you just mentioning that it had like a... That that happened or did you have something to say about it?
1: Well that's just covering all the stones.
0: Oh, okay. Just want to make sure I didn't push through before you made your point about it if you had a thing you wanted to say.
1: My point is there's a time stone.
0: There is a time stone.
1: Hulk's gonna get that stone.
0: Can I get that stone?
1: Can I have that stone?
0: Can I have that
1: stone? <laughs> we entertain ourselves.
0: Very easy. So
1: we're in New York and they're spying, they being Tony Stark, Ant-Man, and Captain America are the ones who get to go to the skyscraper where the Tesseract and the Staff are. And they're going to pull some shit and they're going to steal the Tesseract and the Staff of Power.
0: Yes, and which has the Mind Stone. So the Scepter has a Mind Stone. Tesseract has this space stone. This is a point where I paused the movie and asked you to check what everything was. Because it was very confusing. The mind stone is yellow in Infinity War. It's blue in the scepter. Tesseract is blue squared. You really need to know what's going on.
1: Gotta color coordinate better. Yeah. Heck.
0: I guess a yellow staff would have been lame looking. You know, someone with a little golden rock instead of the cool blue rock.
1: It's all about contrast, baby.
0: Yeah. <laughs> baby. Hell yeah, baby. So, Captain America gets on the elevator with the scepter. Or with the tesseract. He gets on the, the elevator with one of the stones. Yeah. Which are a bunch of Hydra agents. Yes. Stealing the stone.
1: And 2012 Captain America didn't know this. Ooh. Ooh he's
0: a bad investigator. I love the point where he gets on and he's taking it from these Hydra agents and they don't want him to have it. And he says, Guys, hail Hydra, you know, and loops him in and kind of plays him. It's a funny callback. And then he leaves with it and runs into his own self.
1: <gasps>
0: <sighs> Who, uh, and
1: his own self thinks that he is Loki.
0: Yeah, because. Uh, Like, the shapeshifter would have to be Loki. So, they get in a cool fight. The joke from this scene being uh, old Cap saying, I can do this all day. New Cap saying, I know, I know. Again, leaning on this lineage of 23 movies. For everybody to see that and immediately get the joke because of how many times he's said it. And... It's a... It's well done. I like it cut back to Banner and the Sorceress Supreme talking about the Time Stone. And I think this is so cool how... tilda I don't know her name. Tilda, tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Oh. You yeah, don't know the... Yeah, I don't know the character's name. But Tilda Swinton...
1: Time Sorceress?
0: Yeah, she's... I think she's the Sorcerer Supreme. I fell asleep during Doctor Strange. So I don't know exact role but I think it's such a cool concept to have them discussing
1: our neighbors must be
0: watching a movie yeah like an opera movie that was weird to see a man belting out a beautiful tone I think it's a really cool idea for the Hulk is coming to argue why he needs a stone And Tilda Swinton is a Sorcerer Supreme, I guess. And she has such advanced knowledge of the future because of the stone that they're basically speaking as contemporaries. Like, at this point, Doctor Strange doesn't know he's going to become Doctor Strange. But she knows that Doctor Strange is the chosen one, essentially. And they get to kind of have this conversation as if they both have all the cards. And it's just a cool thing to watch unfold. I don't know. It stood out as a particularly neat conversation.
1: I also like how they buttoned up the splitting of reality and how they're going to fix that too. Yeah. So they're not dooming six other realities to save their own.
0: Yeah and it's cool visualization with the threads Mm -hmm. and everything as she removes the stones from this hypothetical thing. She ends up giving them the stone. Because Hulk says, well, he gave it to us. He gave it to Thanos. Oh, he's
1: Banner at this point. Because she knocked Banner right out of Hulk.
0: Oh, yeah. She separated the guy's soul. Oof. Um, But, yeah, he says, well, Strange gave the big bad the stone. And rather than be pissed, she says, oh, well, that explains it. Here you go. Clearly there's a bigger plan at play. And uh, it it up. So... Gets away with that stone, and does is this when Tony kind of screws up his plan? Yeah,
1: so Tony fakes a heart attack, and well, no, what happens is Ant-Man pulls 2012's Tony's tube, gives him some kind of AFib, and he falls to the floor, and then he kicks the Ant-Man kicks the briefcase toward modern Tony. And modern Tony has the briefcase, but then Hulk comes down the stairs. Because, as a joke earlier, they're like, Hey, there's no room in the elevator, Hulk. Take the stairs. And Hulk's pissed, taking the stairs. Yeah, He bursts open the door, and he knocks the briefcase out of Tony's hands. And Loki is able to get the Tesseract back. So it seems like they screwed up big time.
0: Yeah, that's their shot. And it has been shot. We go to Ebony Maw and Thanos kind of examining Nebula.
1: Torturing her.
0: (laughs) Yeah, torturing. In the same setup she was in In Infinity War. Kind of suspended. Not actively ripping her apart, but definitely treating her like a robot rather than a person. Um, I forget what they find out in this scene. I didn't write anything down, just that they were torturing her. Basically,
1: he knows about the plan to get the stone and he knows about them collecting them, essentially.
0: He also sees that he is inevitable and knows he wins. Okay. Perfect. I'm on the page then. Uh, We cut to Thor talking with his mom. Mm -hmm. And this is, again, just really potent of Thor's character, you know, not knowing where he is in life and his mom offering. Guidance and advice—it's really sweet.
1: And his mom dies today.
0: Yeah, he's got so it's that knowledge.
1: His last conversation with her.
0: Yeah, um, he summons his hammer from the New past. Uh huh. And is still worthy, which is cool. It must have been such a boost for Thor to be worthy after five years of wasting away. You know.
1: Well, he wasn't wasting away.
0: He was bulking up. He was getting mass. To cultivate muscle. You have to tack on mass first. That's key.
1: Okay. So Tony gets a bright idea because they're out of pin particles, and it seems like they can't do anything because they just have the particles to return. But he realizes if he goes back to 1970, he can go to... I want to say it's NASA, but it's not NASA. It's somewhere in New Jersey.
0: Some military base.
1: Yeah. And he can... Get more Pym Particles, because his dad invented them.
0: Um, no. No. Hank Pym.
1: Oh, Hank Pym, who worked with
0: Howard Stark. Howard Stark, yeah.
1: So they travel back in time, they're going to get those particles, those sweet, sweet particles, and the Tesseract, but the negative is that they have to go to New Jersey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man, slick burn. (laughs) What happens before this? To is that Rhodes and Nebula get the
1: Power Stone, Power
0: stone and Rhodes teleports back but Nebula can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go to Jersey and this is particularly a risky move because they have to use the particles that they were going to use to get back to their time to go further back in time. And uh, kind of gamble that they will be able to make it work. Um, what what do you want to? I mean, you you should take the uh, the dad scene. You know, no, the, it's okay. The the dad. So they go. To, Tony goes downstairs to get.
1: You're skipping over how Steve saw Margaret. Again.
0: I think that happens after, he gets the stone. So oh. Tony goes downstairs to get the stone. And runs into his dad, Howard. Mm -hmm. And then Steve goes to Pim's office to get the particles and sees Peggy. Because they both are kind of forced to... Well, Steve is forced to hurry it up because he was on an elevator with Shirley from Community.
1: You've met Nicole Brown.
0: You've met Nicole Brown, who called him suspicious.
1: Two cast members from Community are in this movie.
0: Yeah. Wow. What a flake.
1: What a marvelous... Cinematic
0: experience. Truly. (laughs) Uh, He hides in an office, and he just happens to hide in the office with that belongs to the love of his life. And he stares through the blinds, creepily, inches from her face. Wide open blinds. She does not see him. And he walks off after, gets up top. What what I miss?
1: It's also the 70s, and she has a picture of him on her office desk, so she's still holding a candle for him, even though it's 20 years later.
0: Oh, yeah, because he disappeared in, like, 45 or something. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I took that for granted. She's found no other man to match Steve. Also, if I recall correctly, it's the nerdy version of Steve. Yeah. Which is really sweet, because...
1: Who
0: loves skinny nerd? No, Just cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Cap gets pin particles. Sees Carter. Tony has a heart to heart with his dad. It's a very clever setup and a really neat way to kind of close the close the the, the loop. You know, on that relationship because Tony is now a father, seemingly a successful father, and Howard is about to become the father to Tony, so Tony gets to give this fatherly advice to his own dad. Um, it's really effective and really emotional. I cried. I teared up. I could never cry because I'm a stoic man, but I did tear up.
1: I'm gonna make you watch Dear Zachary again.
0: No. I'm gonna make
1: you watch Oak Jaw. No.
0: These are sob-inducing movies. (laughs) Um, They they get the particles and they zip back to their present time. Yep. But we have Nebula versus Nebula. Mm -hmm. And the good Nebula loses or is captured and the Mm -hmm. bad Nebula steals her head plate. To become Gold Nebula and go undercover. Gold Nebula. As the good Nebula. Yeah. So all she really does is pry something off of her head and head back to present time. So everyone's starting to zip back to modern day, you know. Um, What do we have next? We
1: go to Vormir next.
0: Oh shit, Vormir. Yes.
1: So Nat and Hank... What's his name?
0: Uh, Clint.
1: Clint. Hank. Clint.
0: Hank is Scott Lang's mentor. Yep. Hank Pym.
1: Mm, I knew that. I did know that because you just said that. You did know that. So next up, Nat and Clint are going to Vormir and they're scaling the mountain. And Red Skull creeps him out by being Red Skull. And he calls out that Nat is daughter of Ivan. She has never known her father's name, so she trusts Red Skull Man. So after a scuffle between her and Clint, a very emotional scuffle, she throws herself off the cliff because she needs to get the stone because they find out that those are the stakes. Mm -hmm. And Clint gets, gets the stone in a puddle of water. And I really liked that his dream sequence was super dark, because he truly, truly sacrificed for the stone. Like, he's going toward an end goal that's going to be better for everyone. Like, he'll get his family back, but it's super dark and he truly recognizes the sacrifice. Whereas in Thanos' dreamy water sequence, it was all bright. So I think that's just really good character contrast because Thanos is truly evil.
0: Yeah, that's really insightful and I think the whole sequence this is going to sound really heartless yeah. but this the concept of these two characters racing to commit suicide and like trying to beat each other at committing suicide if not done very carefully could be a really silly thing to watch <laughs> like The only thing that I could think of to compare is uh, the episode of South Park, where none of the boys want to play Little League anymore, so they practice at sucking so they can lose and get out of the finals, but every other team has practiced so much more at sucking so they're like hitting home runs directly into outfielders' mitts to be out, and it basically becomes who can be better at losing quicker. So like this whole scene is kind of like they're both so good at combat that whoever is better at fighting is going to be able to die quicker. <laughs> and Jeez, the, I mean the, when watching it it's it's very serious and I think it's done well to be really emotional but the the situation is just a hair away from really ridiculous. Uh, there stick. was zany music over Yeah, it. all you have to do is put Yakity sacks <laughs> over this clip. And you've got a comedy scene right there.
1: Comedy gold. Comedy all gold. Alright, so Clint comes back. And everyone's together because all of their plans were successful. And Hulk asks, where's Nat? And we find out that she died. And Hulk's not having a good time. But the show must go on. And... Tony Stark has created a glove to hold all of these jewels and he um sorry he, he makes a glove to hold all the jewels and the glove is really small and Hulk says I'm the one who has to put it on and I'm like this is silly <laughs> why not just make a huge glove But it's obviously, it's obvious later on, why not just make a huge glove? But I just thought that was, I just thought that was kind of fun. And the stones apparently are mostly gamma radiation. And then Bruce puts the glove on. Then Nebula opens the gate, right?
0: Yeah, so it's the same thing. Nebula opens a gate to bring Thanos uh, as Bruce snaps. Yes. Uh, his snap is successful. I, or They believe it's successful because there's a lot of birds. And Scott says it works. <laughs> there's a lot of birds. And then it blows them up. Uh, the ship comes in and attacks Avengers Base. Yes. So, I don't know what this cut is, but it's it's a it's a type of jarring scene that I like, where everything is calm, and the characters are reveling in their victory, just before it goes truly to the worst point. You know the the silence and then the explosion is just it's always effective to me, so that's what happens here and I liked it. Yeah.
1: Uh, then we get some Chitari coming in, messing stuff up big fight um there's an emotional moment between nebula and new nebula so present-day nebula and old gamora and Gomorrah is like what happens and nebula says we become sisters i yeah. love that that's good
0: yeah it's touching um because gamora was always on the brink of good oh know, yeah and <sighs> nebula was evil and t- so Having that dynamic shifted where Nebula brings Gamora over to the good. was very nice. Meanwhile, we have Clint Mm
1: -hmm.
0: being chased through the tunnels by Chittori. And he's barely making it out. Mm -hmm. And he finally gets up to the top of this tunnel. Also, I guess to call it something technical, this really reminded me of the scene in Alien, where they're in the vents being chased by this unseen enemy. It's it's less tactful than that scene, but it it felt familiar in that regard. The lighting was really frantic. The action was really tense, very claustrophobic. And when he gets out of these tunnels, Evil Nebula is there, and he says, Oh, I know you, and hands off the glove. It's almost silly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But um, as soon as he hands it off, Evil Nebula says, oh, I got the glove, we're good. And he realizes some shit is up. And that is when... No, this leads to a standoff with Gamora, but I actually jumped ahead where Thor summons Mjolnir and Stormbreaker as Thanos is uh, sitting there waiting. Like, it's this calm before the storm. It's not quite the badass moment yet. But they're getting ready to square off, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, we find out that Thanos' new plan is to shred the universe. Because the 50-50 leaves people unhappy still.
0: Yeah. And he's going to become a god. Is his whole, his whole plan. this moment um, with Nebula fighting Nebula and Gamora. is kind of the... It's It's a... The, the conclusion of Nebula and Gamora becoming sisters. And also Nebula literally destroys her past self. So overcoming... It, it's, you know, man versus man, but literally. And she shoots man in the chest. Uh, <laughs> or wait, no, that's not man versus man. That's man versus self. And she shoots self in the chest to triumph over <laughs> self. So not the, not the most deft hand of storytelling structure ever, but (laughs) effective. Um, Yeah, so... We're about to get in the shit, so if there's anything you want to cover before uh, we get into the shit.
1: No, no.
0: Then bring us into the shit, Jenny.
1: So, I don't know if I can do this scene justice, because it's just too cool. But Thor is fighting Thanos and he's kind of getting his shit rocked. And His
0: shield's being splintered pretty much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Cap is fighting Thanos.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, I just filled that in with No, Cap. you were right. Um when I mean you said Thor, but I just heard that as yes, we are talking about the fight. The Captain America. So this <laughs>
1: supposedly indestructible shield is slowly getting chipped away by Thanos cuz Thanos is obscenely powerful. And uh you know what happens. Yeah. I know what happens. Captain what happens. picks up Ylner. He calls down some lightning. And it gets real. I this it scene is, is so cool.
0: It's fucking awesome. Yeah. And just the, the build up to it. Thanos has really given the beans to Thor and Cap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just this moment where... You see it float in and fly in and then it starts to come back and you know before you see what's going on. comes back to Captain America's hand. He's this worthy warrior and it made me realize these like weapons in this universe like the shield and I guess you could count the Iron Man suit even though he's that's really the character. So Cap shield, Mjolnir, Stormbreaker from Infinity War. All of this shit is so significant that as soon as you see something like this like just Njolnir starting to float backwards towards where it came, it has so much impact and it's so effective at showing this crazy moment uh, because you are so connected to all the other movies, you know? Um, Which is I think like the main strength of Endgame. So it's like yeah the moment is cool because this character we like is kicking ass but it's also Tying up all of this effort from the entire MCU into a really significant thing. What's that, Um, like intertextuality, where you get elements from different things and you can combine them into a meaningful statement or whatever? Is this an art term? No, it's like a film thing, but I'm probably using it wrong. Um, Basically, The ideas behind many things can combine to make a new idea, and Cap kicking ass with the hammer is a good idea. Pulling your hair out? Yeah,
1: that was an accident. I was just trying to play with
0: it. So, the army of uh, Thanos is summoned. We, We see Cap standing there with his broken shield and hammer getting ready to fight but then what happens here massive good guy army oh yeah all
1: the people who got Merc Dirked have come back through Doctor Strange's portals because Doctor Strange is back they're all ready to kick some ass and they did do it so that it's it's people coming back five years later so Morgan's not in danger or anything stuff Mm -hmm. like
0: that Um, It's a massive battle scene. Huge, yeah. Tons of hero moments. I wrote down my two favorites for this whole, or my three favorite moments here. A, Stark, and uh, Parker hug. Yeah. And Spider-Man says, oh, this is nice. You know, like just goofy moment, but also very meaningful. Scarlet Witch fighting Thanos, which says, you took everything from me. And he says, I don't even know who you are. We get to see her power, and it's a badass, ass kicking moment. And then also, when the battle is going dire, and all of a sudden these ships start firing their bolts up into the sky. Like, what? So everyone's like, what happened? Why are they shooting up there? I say something just entered the atmosphere. Captain Marvel rips through the whole ship just effortlessly and blows it all up. Those are probably my top three from the battle. Uh, Captain Marvel is just ridiculously powerful. So, uh, really cool scene overall. Yeah. Her whole sequence—it's like uh, obviously it's a really cool sequence.
1: We can probably scoot over that cringy feminine. You know, when they're fighting, she's not alone. It's just dumb. The mantis is there. What's mantis going to do?
0: Exactly like we alluded to this in Infinity War. Where it's three badass women characters, like, saving each other and kicking ass in the Wakanda battle. And here, I think what makes it, like, annoying or feel very pandering is that the power discrepancy between the characters is so ridiculous that anybody familiar with characters can see it as the executive saying, like, let's see who are all of our female characters let's get them together regardless of context you know like just make sure they're all on scene together so everyone can see we have a lot of female characters when really it could have been Captain Marvel and you know Pepper in her super suit because those are probably the bigger or Scarlet Witch Mm -hmm. those are the big hitters Um, but like you say they get Mantis
1: also Pepper in her super suit it's a pretty cool one
0: yeah it's a cool suit but yeah I, I agree just kind of pandering cuz I mean also the general Okoye, it's like she's a very cool character but by the time she gets to the point of battle Captain Marvel will have cleared everything out so
1: yeah and then we get affirmation from Doctor Strange that this is our one shot and then there's a little bit of glove keep away and we see Thanos snap, but we find out that Tony has taken the stones and they're in his Iron Man hand. Yeah. And yeah, Thanos says, I'm inevitable, but Tony says, I am Iron Man. That and is it, so ah, good. And then he snaps and then he dies.
0: Yes. Uh, all of the Tartori turned to dust. Yep. Thanos turns to dust. Iron Man couldn't. Take it, for some reason, Black Widow couldn't be brought back.
1: Yep, so that means Gamora probably can't be brought back.
0: Yeah, and it just seems convenient. Like, they're going to hand wave all of this time travel stuff, but when you give a character total control over the reality of the universe and everything, you can't hand wave that. I don't know. Especially because, like, how are they, if they ever want to bring her back, I think Black Widow's a prequel. Okay. Wanna I want to say. I have no idea, but they're going to have to come up with some way to bring her back. Yeah. It's just silly to me.
1: It's too bad that she died. Yeah. Um, then there's some more. Well, Tony dying is a really sad scene.
0: Mm hmm. The next sequence is the funeral.
1: Which is also super
0: sad. Yeah. There's a lot of great moments um, like Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch connecting over like everything they've lost and all that mm-hmm. and uh, Thor and Valkyrie like after the funeral. Like this is kind of going past the funeral I guess so. Yeah. Um, I don't have any big notes for the funeral. No, Okay. Uh, While well, we go back to New Valhalla and Thor... Hands off the torch of rulership to Valkyrie, which is uh, good. And he joins the Guardians, yes. which I'm stoked for. I don't know what the next Guardians movie is going to be, No. but it'll be hilarious. Oh, I I'm bet. Sure. Oh,
1: we also see Quill is looking for Gamora and the screen just says searching. So there's no confirmation if she's there or not. I actually got into a Reddit fight about it. Oh, really? Because I said she probably got snapped away with the rest of Thanos' army. And I got downloaded a lot, and it might be because she joined up with Nebula, so she technically left the army. So there's a 2012 version of Gamora floating around, and she did get to meet Peter Quill, and she got to be told that she was in love with him. So yeah. maybe that's enough motivation. Like, uh, when you were sleeping, or while you were sleeping?
0: Yeah, that movie is fucked up. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. It also really tries to market itself as a Christmas movie. Right. By virtue of there being snow, it's not Christmassy at all, from what I recall.
1: There is a scene where it's Christmas Day. But Mm. yeah, we don't have to talk about while you're sleeping. My only connection is that someone telling you you were in love as a motivator to make you in love. Yeah. It has Hollywood ground. Mm Mm-hmm. like like a rom-com like a crappy rapey (laughs) rom-com that's my least
0: favorite type (laughs) crappy and rapey uh cap (laughs) you said it (laughs) well yeah
1: but I can't believe I said it
0: so they task Captain America with bringing back the stones to repair the timelines as promised by Hulk and he doesn't show up back in the time circle that they built He's supposed to be back in five seconds and they kind of show Bucky smile a bit. And I'm pretty sure that uh, it's alluding to the fact that he knows what Cap did before it's confirmed. And then he sees an old man over on a bench.
1: Who's that old man, Dan? Is
0: it's Captain America as a Whoa. 70 to 80 year old guy. Yeah. But uh, they go over to him. And I know that this is memed a bit. But they send Falcon up to him, and Falcon inherits the mantle of Captain America. Yes. And I think that's cool and all, but everyone points out how Captain America literally started a civil war (laughs) over the defense of Bucky, Mm -hmm. and Bucky's his friend, and he's stuck his neck out for Bucky so many times. And then Falcon is, like, a relatively minor character in the MCU. I
1: think it... That's silly, because we know that Bucky's tired of fighting.
0: That's a good point. Okay. So Cap probably knows that he doesn't want the burden. Yeah. Right? Okay. You're turning me around on that. That's a good point. Uh, In any case, we get the no, I don't think I will meme. Good meme. And uh, Falcon kind of asks what it was like. And then to cap off this whole saga of the MCU, we cut to Captain America dancing with... Um, Margaret. Margaret Carter. Very
1: nice. Well, Margaret Rogers, I yes. assume it,
0: like Probably. It was the 40s. Probably. You know, none of this hyphenating bullshit <laughs> <laughs> back then. That's... They, they found a really good guy to be Captain America, right? Like, they picked a dude who is virtuous in the MCU. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. But that dude growing up in the 20s and 30s...
1: Oh, come on. He would
0: have some dated ideas, and it's bullshit <sighs> that he acclimates so well. <laughs> anyway, that's my last thought on the Marvel end <laughs> What'd you like and dislike? What would you like? Uh, I
1: really like how hyped the movie was. Yeah. I feel like it was better than Infinity War. And I thought it was really clever how they brought back Thanos as a villain.
0: Yeah, I agree. What did you, what'd you dislike?
1: What they, that feminist scene? I personally am a feminist but I don't like it when executives decide that some political narrative is marketable and then they just kind of toss it in. Yeah. I think that's insulting frankly and there are better ways to do it that have meaning instead of just peppering it in and Hmm. saying it's a good idea
0: see infinity war (laughs) yeah good points um
1: what do you like what do you hate what do you love
0: i liked
1: what brought your ire
0: again the whole thing of how this is a massive capstone to this massive saga of movies and the craftsmanship in making it easy enough to follow, mm-hmm. even with time travel and all of these characters and all of these past events and all of the new events that occur, it's all crazy. And they really use the entire lineage to full effect, I think. It's a great example of a movie that is a sequel being great as it could, as great as it could be as a sequel. What I don't like is that, I mean, it's bizarre that a movie like this is on this list. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be all hoity-toity about it, but the fact that it's higher rated than, you know, American History X or something is, is strange. It's like, yeah, it's good, but just wait until we talk about Joker, like... One of the best of all time. That's nuts to think about. Not as nuts as something like Dark Knight Rises. Like, that's also on this list. (laughs) I think this is better than Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I agree. But it's just a weird... It's a weird thing. It doesn't fit, in my view. Anyway. Want to rate it on three? Yeah. One, two, three, eight. eight.
1: Hey, okay. So it's a half a point above Infinity War. Yeah.
0: Good, okay. Good flick. Good talk.
1: Yeah. Good. Good flick. Good talk. Good pod. Goodbye. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two to lose.